for the first time ever, I've now had a letter, a letter written to me, and I'm an what am I? An agony uncle. Maybe not an agony auntie. <laughs> I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to read out somebody's letter. <laughs> Ever since I used to read the Sun column called Dear Deirdre. <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> that was years ago, by the way. That's me showing my age. Anyway, yes, somebody's think. actually written into us for a change. And they've written into us and they've asked us, they've written a letter and they've asked us about um, first time buyers. So they're a first time buyer and the, the property market enigma going on right now. Um, is cracking the code of Fife's £190 per square foot um, puzzle for the first-time buyers itself. So let me just explain to you what I mean. I'll read the letter first. That's probably the most important thing to do, Perry. Yeah. Dear Fife Properties, that'll be us. Um, my fiancé and I have been actively searching for our first home in Fife for the past month. Being first-time buyers, we are new to this process and have genuinely enjoyed attending viewings. Although we haven't come across our dream Fife home yet, uh, we are staying pr um, practically uh, practical and have identified three properties um, on which we are considering making an offer. Now, while two of these properties require some attention, we believe they have got great potential and we've also seen a brand new home in Fife as well. They go on to say, Perry, actually, interestingly, we have noticed um, that some Five properties, not ours, just generally five properties itself, uh, where we are looking at tend to linger on right move in Zoopla uh, for a significant period um, of time. Uh, so we are unsure if this is a common occurrence or if there are specific reasons behind it, like they're maybe on for too much money. They go on to say, given what the newspapers say about the the current slower pace of the property market, we are wary of paying more than necessary. However, we are eager to purchase soon rather than later as we have grown tired of renting in Fife. That's a common occurrence, growing tired mm -hmm. of renting in Fife, isn't it? Yeah. Um, however, I've got to say, though, that renters have no exposure to interest rates climbing and they've actually got frozen rent. And they can, they, so they're actually quite protected right now, Fife renters. Um, Incidentally, right across Scotland, but that's another story. Let's let's I digress and let's go on with the, the letter itself. Uh, they go on to say a friend of mine who happens to be a chartered surveyor in central London suggested a straightforward method of valuing residential properties. He explains that it involves calculating the area's average cost per square foot and comparing it to the property. Surprisingly, all three five properties um, on our shortlist have similar values. And the largest one offers the best price per square foot, but it's not in the most popular area. Mm. The new build property is a little smaller. And then they go on to say, finally, and this is their question, is this a good approach to determining which property provides the best value for money? Thank you, thank you in advance for your assistance. So 
what's your thoughts on this, Perry? What you know, kind of what your answer now? I've, I've kind of deliberated an answer, but what's your sort of answer to this then about this? Um, I think for if me, you, if you were replying to that, I think if I was replying to it, I think it's a really robust way of gauging actually the size of a property and if it is value for money. Um, yeah. I certainly know, Jim, when we prepare to go to properties, that's what we look at. We tend to look at the square footage and then we then look at the geographical footprint as well as that. And yeah. that kind of determines for us where we go from there. So I think that's a really good approach in my and view. Then, and then we can go on to look at things like, for example, um, comparables against what's been sold that are similar in the area yeah. within a reasonable time frame. I don't mean five or six years ago because that will mm -hmm. give you no idea what the property is worth today in comparison no. uh, and then we're going to look at what is similar in terms of what's currently on the market and what are these properties on the market are. i was actually at somebody just now um along in the east nuke area um oh geez gorgeous property I honestly, nice? I honestly felt like doing a video at that point in time think and saying i think i've died and gone to heaven oh <laughs> i really wanted to see that one oh, gorgeous jeez the 180 degree views panoramic mm -hmm. right across towards the sea um oh, wow. it's just it's absolutely beautiful and, and it's on a prime site and it's it's got amazing views over the countryside as well uh, and it's it's pristine inside it real high quality everything's high quality hardwood doors chrome handles um corian worktops in the kitchen i mean it's got solid wood floors all the way through as well they built this from scratch and mm -hmm. in, in early mid 2000s it is gorgeous it's absolutely beautiful property. And the plot it's on is amazing. The front garden itself, is it the front garden? Is it the side garden? Well, the, the driveway is massive uh, with a double garage. And then you've got the garden to the front, which actually sits in south. Perfect mm -hmm. south. So literally wow. nice. all day long. What was I talking about? <laughs> you were talking about you were looking at comparisons, and I know why you were going there. And the point, yeah. my point, what here's my point. Here's my point out of that. And that's why I digressed and I really went off the track. But I'm coming back to what the point was. The reason I told you that story was this is quite unique, this property. And the point is, how do you value that? Because you don't have any comparables at all or any similar properties in the area like this property actually sold at any point in time in the past mm -hmm. because of the high, because of the type it was. And it was a unique property in itself. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went on to say it's things like, well, you've got to look at things that you think it could be similar price point and then work out to yourself well you know it's would i buy that one first or would i buy your one first and if the answer is buy your one first then more than likely it's probably a wee bit more and um, mm. so what did it cost you to build and what is the indexation right now in terms of where it would be indexed up to at this point in time in terms of house prices by the way friday at one o'clock i'm doing Scottish house prices and five house prices. Um, this key statistics are coming out for March. I'm going to do that show on Friday at one o'clock. So watch out for that one. Uh, and that's key. Because um, newsflash, <laughs> if anybody didn't know, uh, house prices are actually going up mm -hmm. at the start of the year. Not what the media is saying. Nope. Going down. But that's another story. <laughs> so, and another show. <laughs> yeah, that's another show, actually. Um, that's next week's show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that next week's show. Um, but but that's what it is. It's it's the uniqueness of the property that makes mm -hmm. it difficult to value. Therefore, you have to really come up with some sort of consensus about um, getting the sun and the moon and the stars to all align at once and working out exactly are they all the same number and are mm -hmm. they all comparably the same number. And if you can get that, then running it by a surveyor is a no-brainer because that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. 
also the square footage, exactly what you said, Perry, there. The square footage is essential because you can take another property in the same area, though, in a similar type of finish uh, and similar build. I don't mean this was a new build, more or less, because it's only in the mid-2000s, whereas you can't really compare it against a stone-built house because yeah. it's completely different. So this, the price per square footage would be slightly different. But if you multiply that over, for example, 150 square metres, there's going to be a huge difference, even even about £100 of differences in the square, mm -hmm. the square footage. Um, so the, so it's a, it, it is almost an exact science to how to value a property. But coming back to the square footage then, what 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 would you sort of reply to these to these first-time buyers if that's what they're saying in the beginning? I think for me, I think um, valuing a five property by square footage, um, you really do need to do your homework. Um, mm -hmm. I think in your search for your perfect home, um, they're saying that they've come across three, five properties, I think. So again, if you've seen three, have you looked at square footage? Have you yeah. compared them? Have you looked at necessarily floor plans? Because like you say, Jim, the square footage could be the same, but actually it might have less bedrooms. It might have more reception rooms. It depends on how it is. Um, mm. So three properties have caught their attention. So how you get to find the one that makes the heart skip a beat, it is important to remember that finding the perfect pipe home is quite rare. Quite rare, that is. Very rare. Um, I'll be honest and say... I'll say if we, take, if we took a straw poll of the people out there actually tuning in just now and said, are you in your dream home right now? I think every single one of them will say no. Mm. And then my answer to that is next then, so why are you not in your dream home? Because mm -hmm. I could make it happen. Because I know exactly the answers to, to, do, to the questions. Mm -hmm. And that's where, I, I, incidentally, I just said that somebody else did that now. You know, that's where the added value is. My job is to take you from where you are now to where you want to be. It's not just understanding the journey, isn't it? It's understanding the journey. It's exactly what you said. So this is actually quite good that you're actually relaying that information and saying that. It's not the one that makes their heart skip that beat. But finding the perfect home is exactly what you said, Perry. It's quite rare, isn't it? It is rare. And it's, again, it's that big word, compromises. Yeah. It's a big factor, isn't it? I don't do compromises. <laughs> You'll already know that. Yes, true. But I think they're often necessary, Jim. Um, and certainly if this individual who's written in has got three potential properties, then there is a chance that if they're looking at three, they're not just looking at one, so none of them is perfect. And there's obviously something there between all three that they like or dislike or doesn't work or does work. So I think compromises are often necessary. I think that's a key yeah. factor that people have to really, um, I think going back to what you said there as well, Jim, if people are not in their perfect home, it could be necessarily, it's not that they're not in the perfect home, it's maybe just that the layout of the property the way it is just now doesn't work for them. And mm -hmm. things need, you know, and you can make some alterations there. Um, but you can still find a property that you'll fall in love with. Um, and it's worth noting that considering the price per square foot is typically, a strategy employed by five state agents and five investors. investors yeah. Every single yeah. time, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know when you're looking at it, that's the first thing you look at. Well, what's the square footage? How does that I work? Opportunities, properties to develop, sell yeah. on, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it depends on, as you say, the reason for what what is it you're buying the home for? What do you need it to do? Is it a home? Is it an investment? That's yeah. really typically what people are doing, aren't they? So again, it depends on that and what you do next and what compromises you're willing to make. Mm -hmm. So 
well, the square footage can be the metric and helping people decide among the among what properties on your shortlist. Mm -hmm. It's crucial then not to let it overshadow your personal preference. Mm -hmm. An attachment to a particular home that would be that be would that be fair to say? I think it is. It's certainly something that Billy and I were challenged with when we downsized. Um, was about you know when you're downsizing, you're already in what your perfect home has been and it's lasted your family for many years. I know this is first-time buyers that we're talking about here in particular, but even from that angle, downsizing almost felt like a first purchase for me because I had to throw out all of the things that I thought about previously and look at it from a fresh perspective. And I think that's what you have to do is look at it from a fresh perspective and how will the home work for you? So square yeah. footage is one guide, but also how does the home work? Mm -hmm. So what would be your best advice to somebody then waiting on their dream home? I think for me, uh, the advice would be a home that <laughs> your dream home might be a home that never comes on the market. That's the mm. thing. Um, you should focus on five properties that appeal to your practical and also your emotional needs. Emotional needs. There has, to be two, there has to be two levels here. And we say that often, don't we, that emotiveness is something that we always feel in a house, whether it's sights, smells, sounds around it, it's everything, it's isn't it? Everything. That's what sells mm -hmm. everything. It's not the bricks and mortar. It's not the size of the rooms. It's how people... It is the size of the rooms. But remember, it's not the size of the room that makes the difference. It's how they feel about the size of the room. Yes. It's how they can see themselves in that size of the room mm -hmm. and what they're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a classic example of features and benefits, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the feature is the size of the room, but the benefit is how you can use it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key when we talk about the emotional need versus the practical need. You have to kind of apply both of them, really. So, if that's the case, then for first time for first time buyers, okay, and probably the convenience of the low maintenance offered by new builds can be enticing. Would that be a correct? Mm -hmm. Would that be correct? I, I've just convinced somebody the other day, and actually, I'll look here because I've got the statistics right here from the the latest survey. For new builds, uh, this is quite a good one because we did we we advise that sometimes new builds can be quite enticing, but if you look new build statistics, the average uh, price in January 2023, according to the Scottish Index of House Prices, which is the land registry actually issues them, the government, the average price of a new build is two hundred eighty-seven thousand nine hundred seventy-one, which is two hundred eighty-eight thousand. The average price of a resale property, which is probably exactly the same, but it's a resale, a resale. There's 179,000. There's a potential of over 100,000 between the new build and the actual resale property. Mm. And I may, I hear, I hear people asking, why is that the case? Because a new build has got more requirements of building um, actually uh, materials and mm. standards actually to, to reach now than, than an existing property actually on the current market it's a, mm -hmm. it, what the class is a resale mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to say it's a second hand because people say <laughs> it's like i don't want a second hand property but that's effectively what we're buying isn't it it is i mean to be honest with you it works for some because again a lot of people like the fact that they don't necessarily need to do anything they can particularly pick their fixtures and fittings they can pick their color schemes of their bathrooms kitchens and that kind of thing depending yeah. on what brand you're buying but for me it's almost like when you you buy a new car i would never buy a brand new car because as soon as you drive it out of that showroom it's lost value because suddenly it is actually a second-hand car yeah and and that's what buying a new home really is it's a premium 
that you're paying mm-hmm. on it for that premium. milk quality. And, and hopefully that will keep its price if the market continues to stay stable. Um, mm-hmm. However, if the market does drop, um, I'm beginning to have a wee bit more optimism, by the way. Um, it's actually possibly going to continue to, for prices to go up because inflation's beginning mm-hmm. to drop. It's just been announced mm-hmm. again, 8.7 this morning, which is a dramatic drop from the 10.1. Um, so I'm actually quite enthused about the fact mm-hmm. that the market, where it being stable right now, um, could potentially be a lot more active. And interest mm-hmm. rates might actually not go as high as I actually think now. But again, I'll talk about that on Friday a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like what you say, when you drive out the, a car out the new show, the, the new showroom, the, the price the, automatically drops because of that. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, it's a house and it's supposed to keep its value, but there is things. I'll, I'll tell you a classic example of how this happened to me personally. Um, I bought Veteran Avail, Kirsten Diageo, um, just before the credit crunch, and I paid 195000 for it. And when the credit crunch came, I sold it for 175000 mm-hmm. That's almost like just driving out of the showroom. <laughs> <laughs> And because I put extras on it, um, all the extras, you know, things like um, I I put a shower over the bath, I put um, a a bit extra in the kitchen, I put uh, appliances in. Um, So I'd done all these, I put an electric door on the garage, but that never really added value to the property itself. Hence the reason why, because the original price of the property was probably about 176,000. So Mm -hmm. literally all the extras I I never got back. So Mm -hmm. that's the sort of thing you have to be wary about when you're buying new build. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, if you're going to buy a new build, probably just buy it in its current form and yeah. uh, and, and don't go for the extras because the extras are where they make a huge margin, a huge lot of money. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's another story, as I said. However, if you want to put in some effort, a property with potential might be an excellent choice for that mm-hmm. for first time buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I would suggest creating a short list of essential factors for your next home, uh, such as which areas in Fife do you want and do you not want to live in? Mm-hmm. Uh, what property age do you want to buy? Uh, number of bedrooms do you want to buy? Size of the bedrooms. Because mm-hmm. often you get some agents that say it's a three bedroom and you turn up and it's like a double and two singles. Mm-hmm. So you've got to think about that as well. That's probably essential. Uh, where it is in terms of local amenities, desirable features like southerly facing patios and gardens. Um, which is a really good one. Um, if the if the apex on the house is low enough, um, where if it's uh, where if it, the garden's north at the back, then potentially if it's low enough, uh, the sun will still be on it all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. So these are all these are all things you've got to think about uh, about striking that right balance. I would say a list can help you determine the most practical option among properties itself uh, you're actually considering right once established you can decide um guided by your emotions and rational thinking facts mm-hmm. here, facts people facts listen facts don't <laughs> emotions are the greatest thing ever um, i'm a facts person first and then yay we could look at the emotions next uh, striking a balance between emotional and practical aspects is vital in making that right choice mm-hmm. what other things should we consider perry i think one of the biggest things to consider as well was actually the amount of time that you plan on living in that new property. Yeah. So if it is your first home, um, how long are you going to be there? Most first-time buyers tend to move again within five or six years on average. Mm-hmm. So you need to consider future marketability. So again, it goes to that new home thing as well, Jim, that you've just described there and what you could do. 
it goes to if you're willing to put that effort in and make improvements to a property, how much you're going to spend making those improvements, and do you think you're going to get a return on that if you're planning to only stay there for four, five, six years? So I would also consider one of the ones I would also consider, and this is a one for first-time buyers. I don't know if it's a regret I would ever have of actually not keeping a hold of the properties and actually renting them, and actually because it's they've gone up in value so much within that five-year period that I've been able to have a loan-to-value 75% and still take a bit of equity out to put my deposit on the next house and keep that house as an investment to move on from. Some of the houses that I've moved from, I would never do that in a million years because mm -hmm. the numbers don't work. But a couple of the houses that I actually moved from or the, or the apartments and flats I moved from, I thought, oh, I could have actually kept that. Mm -hmm. um, it would have been good to keep that. It wasn't right at that time. It's a fine balance in that. But I've, I've seen first, some first-time buyers actually buying a house for that very purpose to add the value and then release the money all back yeah. out and actually have a no-down money rentable property and then actually take that money and go and buy their, uh, their next house again. Mm -hmm. Create their next home for themselves. Yeah. And that creates a, an income for their future. And it also creates a nest egg for their future for their retirement. A lot of first-time mm -hmm. buyers won't be thinking about their retirement right now because it's not in your mind. It was never in my mind yeah. at 20. I'm like, there's no way I'm putting in that pension. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years. What the hell is a pension? It's like I'll never live that long. I'll die before I'm 40. Um <laughs> that's the sort of way I thought about things. It's like mm -hmm. I'll, there's no point in me having a pension. I'll never see it. I'll never see the light of day when it comes to it. Mm -hmm. Um but that's the sort of strategy that, that the younger generation should actually take into account now. Mm -hmm. Because and the reason I say that, and I'll I'll bit wealth creation here um when we talk about this, but it's more about that there's not going to be pensions for the younger generation when they retire. No. They'll, they'll not exist anymore. It'll be a company that will provide them and you'll have contributed to that because that's statutory requirement now. Yeah. Um, but but you'll just be on the same as everybody else. And and for most people, that's what they can't afford to live on in the first place right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess it depends what their viable options are, isn't it? And that's making sure you look into the viable options. It's just doing a bit. So it's just doing a bit extra. But again, it's coming to talk to us about it and make mm -hmm. sure you talk to the right people and get the facts before you make that decision. Mm -hmm. What other things do you need to consider? I mean, we, we spoke about there about how long they're going to live there, but I think and the future marketability of it. But I think similarly, um, consider the quality of local primary schools if you plan to start a family. So first-time buyers tend to be young professional couples yeah. buying their first home together. Um, but you know, how does that change? Um, Interestingly, I was out there a couple earlier on in this week. Now I've got a young family, the house was perfect for them, but now with the wee one, doesn't work. Because where the it's one of the ones where you get the, the terraces in a row where you have mm -hmm. to park further down from the property. So once you've parked, you've got to walk all the way to the house with the buggies and the prams and the shopping and the baby. And so it's about that as well. So it's about how does the home work for you if you potentially plan to have a family? Are you yeah. close to primary schools and the catchment area that you want to be in? Um, that will have a massive effect on your child's education um, and the number of buyers you will attract when you sell as well. Because, again, if you're close mm -hmm. to a good school, it attracts good buyers. I often say that to people when I walk in the door. What, what did you love about the property when you first bought it? Because mm -hmm. that's, that's what somebody else will love it for as well. Yes. I, and then they go, oh, I never, I never really thought about it like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, because mm -hmm. it's, it's exactly the same type of property for somebody like you mm -hmm. when you were that age, when you first bought it. That's exactly yeah. who it'll appeal to straight away because it appealed mm -hmm. to you. The interesting question here, though, Jim, is so we've talked about kind of practicalities and what they should think of, but let's address the actual main question. Is buying a property based on the price per square foot a reliable tool? 
Oh, I think I actually gave the game away when I said at the very beginning, didn't I? Uh, I mean, you know, determining the property value solely on the price per square foot is overly simplistic, I would say. Mm. The technique probably works in central London because it's all boxes. Cardboard, mm. you know, it's like uh, my my it's like my dad used to say, all these houses are just like matchboxes. Mm. Every single you know, all the new house buildings uh, went out, they're all just matchboxes, mm. they're all just mm. the same. And literally that'll work for central London where the space is at a premium. Yet this is actually Fife and mm. the property is a lot more diverse. There's mm. these are recent word, the current word, diverse. Diverse. Diverse in the property market. <laughs> Politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Residential property cannot be commoditized in such a manner, I would say. Mm. And it involves a combination of science mm -hmm. and art. Mm -hmm. Not dark art though, just art. <laughs> and if it, if it were that straightforward, there'd literally be an app on your phone. You'd literally have an app on your phone which would tell you the price per square foot and mm -hmm. uh, and then just work out exactly what the valuation is. Oh, actually, I, that's that's your website's like Zoopla and my <laughs> And then that's why often people come to us and say, Zoopla and Right Move said something completely different from what we mm -hmm. were thinking. Is this accurate? And it's like, no, it's no really. And then they say, but how come your instant valuation tool is accurate? Because it's fed the right information and mm. we, we update it all the time in order for it to actually have the right valuations. So it's very, very accurate, you know, down to the, I would say down to the nearest 10,000. Now, yeah. when I say 10,000, what I'm talking about, price bands of around about 300 to 400,000 properties. That's where mm -hmm. I'm saying it's down to almost like the nearest 10,000. Um, when it comes down to around about 100 to 150,000, it's probably as accurate as down to the nearest 5,000 mm -hmm. in terms of valuation, I would say. Uh, plus the fact that it actually gives you the three differentials, which is the, you know, you've not done anything to your property. It needs a real good refurbishment. The yeah. midpoint is, you know, you can move into it and you can have kitchen and bathroom and refurbishment as you go. And then the top end valuation is pristine condition, ready to go. Mm -hmm. You've changed the kitchen bathroom. And it's it's almost like a show home. That's mm -hmm. the different valuation levels that we are given. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully everybody understands that. So it would be if it was really as simple as that, there would be just an app on your phone. And generally, you wouldn't have any need for estate agents at all. Mm -hmm. Oh, did I just put ourselves out of business? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> That's it then. Closed up shop. Um, <laughs> no, but um, tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek, mm -hmm. though. Literally, if it was down to that, you, you wouldn't need estate agents. But I'll be honest and say estate agents do add value because it's all about getting the right negotiation and leading you through the right process in order to get the right result. So it's stress-free. That's probably where can, uh, the add value, the, the, the estate agent's progress mm -hmm. uh, or process. If you don't want any of that, then you just go for the cheapest chips and you just go for doorsteps.co.uk and list your house for 99 quid and hope for the best. Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> That's sort of attitude. Yeah. Um, so if it's that straightforward, an app on your phone can instantly provide accurate property values and professional servers and property values will really just become obsolete as a result. Your home's value really encompasses intangible factors, such as the feeling you get when you enter, the view from the kitchen window, and even the proximity of your in-laws. <laughs> In a good or bad way. <laughs> Depending if you need babysitters, that's probably more important. I mean, these unique qualities make a home more desirable and therefore more valuable. Mm -hmm. 
Hence the reason why I keep telling people that's why we do proper te television property walkthroughs, more or less, because we talk to the buyer in terms of what it is to them. Mm -hmm. A silent movie does not do that, which mm -hmm. is literally just a video and music. Well, we'll, we'll walk through you. It makes you feel really good about your property because you know everything there is and you know the area yourself. But that doesn't tell a buyer from out of the area or in another region of Fife mm. exactly what you've got to offer on your doorstep. They're often left going, well, why would I want to move there? Yeah. That's the whole point of doing a pre-portal launch. That's the whole point of doing a personal property tour. So people understand what they're actually buying. They're buying exactly what I said there, the view from the kitchen window, the feeling they get when they enter a home, because I get that mm -hmm. same feeling as well. Yep. Just like I said to you at the beginning, it's like when I saw that home, I thought, God, I'd love to tell everybody all about this now. <laughs> I have to wait a wee while. But I will be getting it at some point in time. So these unique uh, qualities make the home more desirable and therefore mm -hmm. more valuable, as I said. Uh, what about some examples of pounds per square foot in the five property market? Have you got any, Perry? Yeah, sure. I mean, the average five home is worth £190 per square foot. Okay. So, yeah, that is all as an average, of course. Everything's about averages. Yeah. Um, there's a Tim O'Reilly, the man who coined the phrase open source and web 2000. Statistics are like bikinis. What they reveal is suggestive. But what they conceal is vital, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. So the average square, the average, uh, the average five home, because I know the average five home uh, as of today is an average price point of one hundred sixty-eight thousand two hundred twenty-four pounds. Um, it's still gone up two point one percent in the last twelve months. That then divided by what you said, the hundred ninety pounds per square foot, makes the average five home eight hundred and eighty-five square feet. Mm -hmm. that's about right mm -hmm. so what does this tell us then well I mean 8 out of 10 properties currently for sale in Fife have a square yep. footage of between £103 per square foot to £534 per square foot that's a massive wide range of course but then I guess it depends on yeah where it is you look at that one you were at today for instance jim that was a massive property so yep. you know the square footage necessarily there may not be the same because actually what you have there you've got all the character you've got all the specifications you've got it, all this handmade design etc so some of those things will come into play and knock that out a little bit so it doesn't always work this is just a guide and um, to give mm -hmm. you a flavor for what you should be looking at but Definitely how a property is internally and how it's been finished makes a big difference as well. And square yeah. footage does apply to a degree, but it's not the exact science. Okay. So eight and ten properties currently for sale in five. Square footage between £103 and £504. Mm -hmm. That's a wide range, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's why you have to look into specific properties. Look at the type you're at today. Does that really happen next door? Because it doesn't, because I think there's about... yeah. A handful of houses in that location so how do you match them all the same and then say what's good and what's bad or what's and that's different? why we're, we're not dealing with match boxes or, or just boxes here like what london no. is which is effectively mm -hmm. just container units lumped on top of each other and yeah, how they're yeah. building stuff now um mm -hmm. it, it's completely different so I'll give you an example a four bedroom detached home on abbey walk in st andrews is at the highest price point at this point in time 
of uh, £691 per square foot, whilst the cheapest property, I like to say the least expensive, um, in Fife, by square footage, is a three-bedroom terraced home um, in Holm Square in Glenrothes, actually, at £68 per square foot. Wow. wow. I'll buy it. Oh my <laughs> I'll buy but it. you know something, though, when you're a first-time buyer, that's a great price point, isn't it? It is. That's, that's, that's what you've got to think about. This is, this is my point. You're like, there's, there's this, there's this big thing about people going on about, oh, that that will never be affordable. That five hundred and fifty thousand pound house, newsflash, that's meant to be for a family upgrades from a mid market property. That's no. not for a first time buyer. No, because no. folk, folk look at that immediately and go, I'll never be able to buy a house in Fife. It's like, of course mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. because there's houses in Glenrothes, there's houses in Kirkcaldy, there's houses in Leaven. They're mm-hmm. all at really good prices. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can get a two-bedroom semi-detached and leave them for 110. Mm-hmm. That's affordable. Mm-hmm. The average price in Fife itself, as I said, is 168,000 pounds. Yep. That's affordable to the average person because 168,000, right, divided by uh, 33,000, which is average salary, is five times the average salary. Mm-hmm. That is extremely affordable. Because mm-hmm. six times is the is the average point where the market begins to tip the other way so we're still way underpriced in Fife if that is the average price I'll just say this right now on record Fife is still undervalued in comparison to the rest of the UK and Scotland itself because Scotland in terms of average price um, to to average salary is 5.57 times so Scotland's still undervalued in comparison uh, and then when you look at England, I think England's some crazy number. Give it two seconds. I'm going to, because I've got it here. Um, I'm going to have a look on England and see where they are. This is this will be something daft. Oh, £304,000. Come on. Really? <laughs> it's affording that. Nine times yeah. the average salary. Yeah, because I'm sure the last time you worked it out, it was a, just over nine years, 9.2 there, so yeah. I wonder if I've got London in here. Let me, let me see if I can find London to see what crazy figure they've got. London, 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 London. Have we got it? London, London, London. Oh, no. Oh, there must just be different areas, unless they've kept it to themselves. England, 304, London, London, London. It, it might be Windsor and Maidenhead. Is that London? It's Berkshire. Yeah, that's a huge price. Size. That's five hundred forty-three thousand on average. Winchester is five hundred twelve um, on average. That's average, by the way. <laughs> when I was down in Merchant, uh, was it Merchant? It wasn't Merchant City because that's Glasgow, but it was Merchant Court or something like that in London. I was looking at the price points of them. <laughs> it was like I was looking in the window. Oh, it was the Harrods Estates across the road. You know, from oh. Harrods. Oh, I was looking, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the windows, and it was going. Three bedroom apartment, fifteen million. <laughs> oh I like having a laugh. Mm. People buy them, Jim. That's just crazy. That's absolutely crazy. And yet, we still keep saying to ourselves, "We can't afford to buy houses in Fife," and yet there's houses there. I think people just need to realise it's maybe we've touched on this before, and the fact that if you're a first time buyer, you might not be able to buy in the area you can buy in, but you just choose to probably live just outside it and then commute mm-hmm. into that area when you're when it's required. A classic mm-hmm. example is somebody was moaning about, you know, and I will say moaning, but <laughs> I can't afford to buy in St Andrews. Okay, so what are you doing? Oh, I'm unemployed. 
Hello? Of course you can't even afford to buy St Andrews. You're unemployed. <laughs> can't afford to buy anywhere. I don't understand that. But, but then other people can't afford to buy in St Andrews. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I did. I can't afford to buy in St Andrews. So I went to another area. It was affordable for me mm -hmm. and my price point, And I bought there and brought my family up. Mm -hmm. And we bust it into St Andrews to kill Raymond. And that's the, that's the difference of, as you say, it's the practical and the emotional and bringing it all together to make the right decisions. But if you look at that, I mean, to have a square footage in that area of Glenrothes at £68 per square foot, that's very affordable, isn't it? It is. It's brilliant. Absolutely mm -hmm. great it might, more, it might not be the most desirable area. Apologies if anybody else knows where that area is. But it's still a great price point. And Glenrothes, mm -hmm. to me personally, Glenrothes is a nice central location. And mm -hmm. it's easy access on the 92 to get onto Kirkcaldy or back onto um, Dundee if you want to go across there. Uh, mm -hmm. Easy access as well to go right across to Dunfermline. Mm -hmm. And back across via the A92, yeah. And you can cut mm -hmm. off at the roundabout and onto Cooper and into St Andrews. So it's easy access for anything for the Glenrothes area. And, and there's a lot of investment going into it in terms of house building. And there's a lot of investment going into it in terms of infrastructure improvements as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't I think it's a I think it's a really good area to be and 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 it's just down to the fact that you really just have to what is it, cut your cloth to suit your budget? In yeah, terms of in terms of the tailors used to say, mm -hmm. you know, oh well, you've got to cut your cloth to suit your budget. I suppose that's what mm -hmm. it comes down to. You have mm -hmm. to be realistic. I mean, you know. It's not going to change if you if you just get upset about it and moan about it. You you just have it is what it is, and you just mm -hmm. have to rely on. But having a having your house for the first time for a first time buyer is possibly essential because then it secures their place on the property ladder. Absolutely, it's that beginning point as well, isn't it? And when we're talking about should square footage be the kind of mechanism that they utilise? I mean, of course, price per square foot can indicate the value and prevent you from overpaying. Oh, great. Uh, but yeah, it shouldn't be the sole determination of it. There mm. are lots of factors, as we've just discussed, about what else they should be looking at. They very um, definitely, they very definitely, basically. I think on you know on the same street, due to the location, layout, condition, size mm -hmm. orientation, plot aspect, and garden size and local amenities. Therefore, it should be used as a guide rather than a definitive measure of value. Yeah. Classic example: When I went to get my house remortgaged, I wasn't. I didn't think it was remortgaged. Just on a new product. Uh, the actual bank went onto the computer and typed it and went, your house isn't worth what it was meant to be worth. Because I said at the time it was probably worth about 420000 And they went, no, it's not worth that. Our computer mm -hmm. said it was worth 178 grand. <laughs> okay. And then they said, and I said, well, that can't be the case because I've literally got another plot that was bought to my house and I've got more or less two houses in, in one now. Because um, it was a big extension, which was the size of another house I added onto it. That wasn't me that did it, it was the previous owner. But because every other house in the street was the same size as the original house that they had here, that's why it was determined at 178000 mm -hmm. And luckily enough, what the, what the Clydesdale Bank said to me was, well, well, I'll tell you what, we'll send our value. It'll cost you £400 to do that. But if you prove otherwise, we'll just give you the £400 back. I mm -hmm. went, aye, aye, that's okay. But see how that's easily... Because that's what they were doing. They were just doing it on square, mm -hmm. square footage. I'm actually going through the process of buying a buy-to-let portfolio. And literally, out of the 
39 properties, uh, 13 of them have actually come up with a different price point than what I'm buying them for. So therefore, they're going to send the value around. And the other ones, they're actually just saying we're happy with the valuations that the, our, our, our calculators given us. So mm -hmm. there's no need to go around and value them. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I think that's a bit naive from the bank. That's that's approaching on the on the on the, the credit crunch criteria again. But, but I, I, I could see this happening again, by the way, in the next three or four years. Uh, but that's another story, and maybe another show. Because uh, I kind of see all the things that they're doing now in order to get lending through, in order mm -hmm. to get uh, people to. Because banks are in the business of giving you mortgages; they're not in the business of doing anything else other than giving you mortgages. They're not interested in giving you money on your savings. They only want your savings so they can actually lend it out 10 times on fractional lending to everybody else and mm -hmm. make money on it. But that, again, that's another show. So gardens and layout and size and all the rest of it have to be taken into account. This is why mm -hmm. it's not this wee algorithm thing or calculator can't be a definitive measure of the value. It's important to remember that owning a property twice the size of your neighbours doesn't automatically mean it's worth double that amount. Mm -hmm. As seen from what we just discussed above. There, yeah. are, there tends to be an upper limit for any property in any particular area, regardless of the size. This is overdevelopment, isn't it? I've it seen is. that a couple of times. I had it mm -hmm. once in our model where somebody overdeveloped. And literally, nobody would touch the house because it was far too big. And the price yeah. point was far too big for the actual area of the street. Mm. Uh, and then I had it somewhere else recently in the East Nook, um, where we mm. had that as well, where it was it was the amount of investment it was put into the property, you would never recoup it back because it was just far too much to build it as opposed to what the end price point would have been. Mm. This is Every property... This is why I, the ceiling point, don't they? Yeah, this is why a lot of people actually come to me now. Um, the architects, especially, uh, actually refer to me, um, so I can go over with their client first before they make decisions about what to actually build on land now, um, and what is the best property to buy at the best price point. It attracts the best audience to mm -hmm. get the best value for money out of it. In other words, profit maximization. That's why I get that a lot of times where, where a lot of people come to me for that reason, because of the expertise I have in that area. So it's not just because you've spent that money, you'll get it back. Mm. You often see that when people say, I've put in a £30,000 kitchen. Jeez. Mm. Let's sit down for a while. <laughs> it's like, and take a breath. That's mm. that's obviously what you do in your mind. You think, oh my God. Yeah. Like, is this really, oh, no. Mm -hmm. um, are you ever going to get this back? Um, it's a big mountain to climb. Mm. Very difficult sometimes. Mm. Um, luckily enough, I've managed to do it a couple of times, actually. But with clever marketing, uh, clever strategy. So what's the conclusion of this? I mean, we've laboured this to, to death, probably. <laughs> no, I, th I think it's 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 good topics for, I mean, they've asked this question. I think it's good to give them all of the facts and understandings behind it so that they can make a judgment, yeah. isn't it? Um, I think for me, I mean, valuing a, a property based solely on price per square foot can be misleading sometimes. Yeah. Um, it fails to capture your next home's unique qualities um, mm. and, and the emotional time. connection. Yeah, the emotional attachments to it as well. But also when you look at it, Jim, and when you talked about those online calculators, they're good to, to an extent of giving you a guide, but they don't mm. know if you've put an extension on. They don't know if you've created an outside space. They don't know some of the factors that you've maybe invested in in the property. So it's not always going to be accurate. And square yep. footage, again, whilst it is a good guide, 
you've got all those aspects of where it is, what's your outlook, what's the garden space like, what's the surrounding area like, what's the neighbours mm -hmm. like. So it's really important to understand all of those as well. So whilst you might have narrowed it down to three properties and they're all of a similar price point and square footage, what are all of the, add to the list again of these are the benefits and these are the, they're not so much of a benefits and then from there help yourself decide. So you're saying taking a balanced approach to it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's really, if, if people want to pick our brains, doesn't it? Uh, mm -hmm. on, on the aspect of buying a property for the first time, don't hesitate to get in touch with us, uh, guys. Uh, mm -hmm. We'd be more than happy to help you in this. Uh, after all, you don't know what you don't know, and that's why you get a specialist agent and to actually tell you what you don't know. Um, and often in hindsight, where I do have people like that and they go to resell, and then I tell them about, what they've done because they've done it it's too late it's funny that but usually you sometimes get that here's a classic example and it's like you get you get people that go and do something okay and then they turn around to you once they've done it and go i did that that and that what do you think and i'm like well there's no point now in telling you what i think because it's done it's done you should yeah. have asked me before you started that because i tell you what in this instance you don't want to hear what i think because yeah. you'll not be going to sleep the night. I had that situation interestingly today where um, I was out valuing a property and they've put a deposit down on a new kitchen. Um, I walked into the kitchen here and I thought, this kitchen's quite nice. And then was told they'd put a deposit on a new kitchen. And I said, well, if you don't mind me asking, how much is that new kitchen going to cost? And they told me. Um, and I said, well, do you want my thoughts on whether you should do that or not? <laughs> and she said, well, absolutely, I do. And I said, well, if you're absolutely looking to sell and move on, I said, I wouldn't do it. Mm. I would save that money because actually the way the kitchen is now, it's a nice kitchen, it's a great space. It might look a little bit nicer for you to enjoy, but actually any new buyer coming in, it might not suit them. So people spending- People have curiosity about the price of the kitchen now. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to tell me. What was the price of the kitchen? What was their budget? So they were going to spend 10,000 pounds on this kitchen. Oh, that's still no bad. Was it a big Which enough kitchen? Bad, but half of it had been done and they were going to do the other half. And I said, well, actually, that oh. to do half, for me, all no, the utility area and that was done, Jim. So this was just the new part of it. And for me, I just thought that, that, that you won't get £10,000 back by doing that. Yeah, it'll no add that significant value. And, and you know yourself, often a lot of people come in and go, I'm going to put a new kitchen in. I'm going to and change it anyway. Put, the new kitchen it was just put in. Huh? I don't like that one. I'm just going to put a new one in. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just it's just human nature. It's just like what people want. They just want to put their own stamp on the property. So if the kitchen is usable and you can, it's the, I like the fact that if someone can move in and use it and it's tolerable, in other words, it's not garish, it's not really out of date or anything mm -hmm. like that, and it's not antiquated, mm -hmm. then then let them move in and do it as they go. Because a and lot this of one people was none of the above. It was none of the above. Honestly, you can move the value on. If you put the new kitchen, you have to add the value on to the end, end result, if, if you can, to try and get that. That then puts the price higher. Mm -hmm. uh, that then makes it less of an audience. Yes. Because there's your the price goes up, the audience gets smaller and smaller mm -hmm. and smaller and smaller until you get to the top and there's only about two people mm -hmm. that can buy it in five. Is that therefore you have to have an <laughs> Well, but literally, therefore, when you're at a price point of 700, 750,000, which is yeah. what I was out to the now, um, you're literally, uh, you're narrowing your price point, uh, or mm -hmm. narrowing your audience straight away. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you have to get somebody outside the area. 
more than likely we'll, we'll have the budget to do that because, as I said before, the average in these other areas is £550,000. And that's probably for a three-bedroom flat. So when mm-hmm. somebody sees a five-bedroom, three-reception, calling worktops <laughs> next to the sea, it's like, that's a great property for the same price as my flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, why am I staying in London then? Why am I mm-hmm. staying in these areas? What is mm-hmm. the point if I can remote work now and my family could be brought up on the sea- in the seaside and I could mm-hmm. have a better quality of life? Because that's mm-hmm. what people are seeking now. Lockdown, mm-hmm. if anything lockdown's taught us, is about quality of life. Totally. And, and, you know, that's that's the sort of thing. So that's that's where I would be arguing that you're probably better to get the advice from an estate agent before you start any improvements. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you know if you're doing the right thing before you do it. There's no point in getting an estate agent around once you've done it and saying, what do you think? Because <laughs> you've done it. They're, they're really? never in a million years going to say mm-hmm. to you, well, that's terrible. God, it's, I would never have done that. They'll mm-hmm. never, never hear a state agent saying that. No. Because they want your business. They're just going to go, yeah, that looks great, and then gloss over it and then move on to a different subject. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I think for the first-time buyer's approach, I think definitely taking a balanced approach is huge for them to do that. Um, considering your practical needs um, and your personal connection with the property, that will help yeah. you make an informed decision. Um, and help you get the property that you want in the area that you want. Mm-hmm. And on that note, that's us. That's us. For today. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you. And uh, if anybody else is tuning in later on or into the podcast, uh, feel free to get in touch with us. We're more than happy to help. Bye-bye for now. Bye.